0: Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon.
1: Guys, we've been going on what we've entitled an Earth Walk. Going through the Gospel of Luke, looking specifically at that last week, from about chapter halfway chapter nineteen all the way through the end. That last week of Jesus's life, where he is in Jerusalem, he's betrayed, he's tried, he's convicted, he's crucified, and then he rises again on the third day. So right now, as far as where we are during that week, right before the crucifixion, we're we're with Jesus teaching in the temple. And he's going to divert his attention. You know, he's answered all these crazy questions that have been given to them. And he's kind of put it all back to them for them to consider who he is. But somebody raises an issue with Jesus. Actually, they're kind of showing off to him because they're in the temple. And I just want to remind you that the temple at that time was one of the eight wonders of the world. And so it was a fabulous, spectacular place to be. And so some of the Jews there are bragging about it. And so Jesus makes a pronouncement that just kind of throws them. They're kind of like, what? Because for a Jew, their temple was everything. It was the source of their pride. It was the center of their religious life. It was the center of their civil life. If you were a Jew and you lived in another country, you would come back always in pilgrimage to the temple. And so Jesus makes this pronouncement, and it causes them to want to know more about the future. What's going to happen? You know, reality is nothing's changed, has it? The most well-attended conferences in Christendom today have to do with what? Prophecy. Everybody wants to know about the future. Wouldn't you love it if you knew what next week was going to be like? Whether or not you should get out of bed because you knew what the day was going to be like? I mean, all of us want to know. We especially want to know about what's going to happen in the end. And so Jesus answers some of those questions. So actually, today and probably for the next two Sundays... We're going to be looking at this section in Luke chapter 21 where Jesus talks about the end. And so today we're actually just going to look at a few verses. We're going to look at verses 5 through 9 where he's going to be encouraging us to maintain our perspective. Because it's easy for us, especially for you and I as Americans, to lose perspective. So we're going to talk about it. So look with me. We're going to look at these five verses Luke chapter 21, verses 5 through 9. And look what the gospel writer writes. He writes, Then some of them spoke of the temple and how it was adorned with beautiful stones and donations. And he said, These things which you see, the day will come in which not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Then they asked him, saying, Teacher, but when will these things be? And what sign will there be when these things are to take place? And he said, Take heed that you not be deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified, for these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take these few verses. We're going to basically divide them into two sections here. We're going to look at the issue of earthly pride, because that's how the whole subject comes up, because somebody's expressing some pride here. So we're going to talk about earthly pride, and then we're going to get perspective. That's the second part. Jesus wants us to get a perspective. And then the next few weeks, we're going to launch in further about the details that he shares. So let's look, first of all, at earthly pride. Look at verse 5 and 6. They're in the temple, they're showing off the temple. Look at what it says. Then some of them spoke of the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and donations. And Jesus makes a pronouncement. So here's what we're going to see here. Number one, we tend to focus on now. You ever notice that? And it's only natural that we focus on now because we got to live in the now, right? I mean, you got to live today. you got to go through whatever you're going through today. You've got to deal with this junk... That's happening in your life today. So our focus is always what? Now. So that's where we are. In that issue is is that we focus on the now. So there they are in the temple and they're looking at now. Man, look at how beautiful this place is. Look at how structured this place is. Isn't it awesome? We're one of the wonders of the world. Wonderful. We tend to focus on now. Here's the other thing. We tend to take pride in our accomplishments we tend to take pride in our accomplishments. That's true for you as an individual. That's true for us as a nation. That was true in Jesus' day. As Jews, they tended to take pride in themselves as well as as a nation. And one of the symbols of their national pride was what? The temple. So they're taking pride in all that was there that was the temple. And we tend to do that, don't you? Think about it. We tend to take pride in what? Our stuff and who we are as a people. We tend to take pride in our communities. If a ball team does well in our area, we take pride in that. If your sports team that you like does well, you take pride in that. How do I know that? Just watch football season. What's the most common common jersey that's worn to church around here? The Philly jersey, right? It's the most common one. It's... More often than not, that's pride. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? No, it, we also have the stealer ones, okay? Do you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's the most, we take pride in things. We take pride in our nation, don't we? We celebrate. We we commend. We, we, we all want to make somebody, sometimes as families, we want to go to D.C. and look at all of the what? Monuments. Why? It's earthly pride. Because we're focused on now. You take pride in your homes. You know what I'm saying? The work you did on your home. The work you did in your gardens. The work you did on the inside. The paint job. The dream you have for your home. Isn't that right? We tend to do that. You take pride in your what? Your truck. You know what I'm saying? Your car. You know, I've never seen anybody take pride in their beater. You know what I'm saying? But they do take pride. If you've got a nice one, you take pride in it, right? You show it off. You know? If you're younger, you put a big stereo system in it. So we have that tendency. We take pride in our accomplishments. But here's what Jesus is doing. So here they are. They're taking pride in this building, the temple. Look at what verse 6 says. These things which you see, the day will come when not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Whoa. What's he doing here? Jesus calls us to recognize that it will all be gone. It's all going to be gone. Recognize it. It's all going to be gone. Bottom line. It's all going to be gone. You know, that that's thats life, isn't it? But we got to get that in perspective because we think now, but we, we tend to forget that things need to be maintained or we lose them. They're gone. In fact, I think right now, I was listening to... You know they got a dilemma in Washington. Do you know that? Here's the dilemma. It's not what you think it is. Okay, okay. Here's the dilemma. They have a building there. It's called the J. Edgar Hoover. It's the FBI building. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It happens to be the ugliest building in Washington D.C. Now the dilemma is, is they've got to decide what they're going to do with it because it's falling apart. It hasn't been maintained. It's getting older. And there's a bunch of people who are saying, tear it down because it's ugly. And another folks saying, well, it's historical. Let's keep it. That's the nature of life, isn't it? I mean, if you've lived in Kerbertsville all your life here, you've noticed that there are buildings that come and there are buildings that what? Go. There are a lot of empty lots around here, which I'm sure at one time had a building on them. Because it's town. You know what I'm saying? Some of you, when you go through certain parts of town, you can remember where the cheese plant was and how that was such a booming place. What is it now? Empty buildings that are falling apart. You know what I'm saying? This is life. Get perspective. Now, for the Jews, it was even more drastic because Jesus was making a pronouncement there that something was going to happen in their generation. Just Listen to me, just 27 years later, in A.D. 70, if we consider this is happening around A.D. 33, the Romans would come and destroy Jerusalem, and they would destroy the temple, and nothing would be left of it. We know that today, because what? No temple stands there. They would wipe out one of the eight wonders of the world, and not one stone would be left upon another. And so Jesus is wanting them to grasp something. Because in our earthly pride, all we think about is what? Now, what we're accomplishing, what we've done, who we are. But Jesus wants us to remove ourselves from now for a moment and realize that there is a future. And it's not what you think it is. And it's something you need to be aware of. And you need to get perspective. Get perspective. So here's what he does. He talks to us in verses 7 through 10 and gives us an understanding of some things. First of all, we see this in verse 7. So they said to him, asked him, saying, teacher, but when will these things be and what sign will there be when these things are about to take place? Here's the first thing I want you to see. We want to know about the future. We may live right now, but we have this tendency. We want to know about the future. Wouldn't you love to know about the future? Wouldn't you? I mean, all of our literature is filled with the desire to want to know about the future. You know, I was watching a movie with the kids, Prince of Persia, and it's about time and the ability to go back in time. And one guy makes a statement in the movie that I thought was really interesting. He said, if we had this knife and we could go back in time, you would know just at the critical moment, you could change battles, you could change things. And I'm thinking, yeah, I think that's almost like what they said in Back to the Future. Remember Back to the Future with Michael J. Fox? The guy becomes a millionaire because he gets a sports magazine from the future that tells him what all the games are they are going to be won in the future. If you knew what the numbers were for the Powerball? Would you use them? We want to know the future, right? We want to know about the future. That's what's going on there. It's a natural tendency, is it not? Here's what I notice about Christians when they come to Jesus Christ. Young Christians, first thing they want to study when they come to know about Jesus, when's he coming back? Everybody wants to know that. That's the natural tendency. But here's what Jesus is going to tell us. He's going to help us to get perspective. And this is what we're going to talk today about. Just some introductory statements to what he's going to talk about over the next few weeks. Help us to get perspective. Number one, don't be deceived by false claims. Don't be deceived by false claims. Look at what he says there. Verse 8. Take heed that you... Not be deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. When I was reading this passage, and I was going through... This and studying it. My mind was drawn to my files. I have a pretty, if you've been in my office, you you know that i got a huge library. But I also have a very extensive file system that's not on computer where I keep little things that I pick up every now and then that kind of maybe have a significance that maybe I will talk about later. But this right here is a full-page ad that appeared in the USA Today in January 12th of 1987. At the time, I worked for Piedmont Airlines, and I was in the the employee lounge getting ready for a plane to come in. And we were, you know, what happens is on planes, people leave their newspapers and stuff. And somebody left their USA Today that day, and so I'm leafing through it, and there's this full-page ad. And it caught my attention, and it would catch your attention if you were wise. Here's what it says. Drugs, AIDS, poverty, rampant crime, mass starvation, nuclear threat, Terrorism. Now, that's 1987. Has anything changed? Is there a solution? In answer to our urgent need, here's what it says. Christ is in the world. Okay, that caught my attention. Okay, I thought, this must be a gospel thing. But listen to what it says. A great world teacher for people of every religion and no religion. A practical man with solutions to our problem. He loves all humanity. This is what he's saying. And so it gives some quotes from him. They're not from the Bible. When will we see him? This is what really got my attention. It is my intention to reveal myself at the earliest possible moment. And to come before the world as your friend and teacher. Here's what he's saying. He's walking among us. This Christ is walking among us. And Christ is here, my friends. Your brother walks among you. And then it gives some kind of box number down here in Hollywood, California, of all places. Okay? But it's a New Age thing. Even today, now this is 1987, Jesus' words have relevance to you and I today. What do you mean? It's not like a David Koresh, who, you know, of course, that happened 20 years ago, who claimed to be Christ. Or it's not like a Jim Jones, that happened, what, 30-some years ago, who claimed to be God. It's not like Sun Young Moon, who just died, who claimed to be Jesus. Obviously, he wasn't. The reality is, is that there are going to be things like this that pop up in our lives, and Jesus wants us to know that and hear that. Why? Because he doesn't want you to be deceived. In fact, look at what his word says. And you can almost hear like he was anticipating something like this. Look at what it says there. For many will come in my name saying, I am he. So supposedly this guy is saying he's he. And the time has drawn near. If you read what it's talking about, it's talking about the time has drawn near. This is what we've got to be on guard against. Get perspective, folks. If you're going to understand the future, you need to not be deceived By someone telling you something else, you say, is that really relevant, George? Yeah, well, think about this. What just happened here in the last year and a half, or last two years now, there was a guy who made a prediction that the world was going to end in May. People quit their jobs. They all drove to California to wait outside of a radio station because this prophet said that it was going to happen. And what happened? We're still here, aren't we? Jesus didn't come back. I hope those people got their jobs back. Do you know what I'm saying? And they were Christian people. And they were deceived. Deceived. What else does he say here? Look with me at verse 9. But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be, what, terrified. For these things must come to pass first. What's he saying here? Don't get freaked out by wars and confusion. I hear people all the time, they'll say things like this. Well, it's it's the end. It's the end. We know. We're getting closer. How do you know that? All the wars. All the wars. It's the end. Hey, you know what? They did a study that they found it interesting. That in all of human history, there's only been 100 years where there has not been any war. Only 100 years. Isn't that interesting? Mankind has been at war for its entire existence since the fall. Since Cain and Abel. Except for a hundred years. Yeah, we're going through war here. We're not used to that. That doesn't mean the end is coming. Jesus is saying, look, don't get freaked out by wars. Because it's just a natural part of what's happening now. It's not pointing to the end. It's just what happens before the end comes. Wars. But he also says, he uses the word there, look at what he says, commotions. It also means tumults. Or it means confusion. What? That means natural disasters, natural natural occurrences, earthquakes, things like that. All of those things are just part of the life we live in. And it's like, what did we have here recently? We had all those tornadoes that happened in, out in Oklahoma. And everybody's talking about global warming and the world's going to end and everything. Get it in perspective, Jesus is saying. This is all just part of life. This is all just part of what's going to happen. In fact, look at the next point he makes there. And this is the next point I want you to see here. I want you to grasp with me. Here's what he says. But the end will not come immediately. The end will not come immediately. What's he saying here? The end will not come right away. It's not going to end as quick as we think it's going to end. There are things that have to take place. In fact, he's getting ready to, and we're going to notice these things over the next few weeks as we look continue in Luke here. There are some things that have to take place first before the end will come. Now, what is the end? Jesus coming back. Do you understand what I'm saying? There are some things that have to take place before Jesus comes back. So here it is. Okay, what what am I saying to you? Let's get into perspective. If we think about the future, we're like a little freaked out. We're all worried. We're all concerned. We've got deception all around us. What do we do with it? Listen to what Jesus is saying if you're going to get perspective. Number one, don't be deceived. That's what he says there. Don't be deceived. Now, how do you keep from being deceived? Anybody? How do you keep from being deceived? You gotta understand that you've got to have a knowledge, you gotta be informed. So guess what Jesus is gonna do here? He's gonna inform you. You know what the best way for you and I as Christians to keep from being deceived? Read our Bibles. Read our Bibles. Have the Holy Spirit teach you so that when you hear something, you can say, You know what, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. You know what I'm saying? So that you are not, you don't get to the place where you're ready to sell everything and go, move, go somewhere because you're waiting for Jesus to come back. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't sound right. How do you know it doesn't sound right? Because you know your Bible. Because you read it. Jesus is saying, don't be deceived. Don't let anybody deceive you. Listen, folks, here's the thing. If anybody says he's over in the next county, you know that's a lie. Because when Jesus comes home, the skies are going to crack. And everybody's going to see him and the world's going to mourn, is what the scripture says. You got to know your Bible. You got to know your Bible. Here's the other thing. He says, don't be deceived. What else are you saying? Don't get freaked out. man people get freaked out so easily today. they get freaked out by who gets elected president. Don't get freaked out. Nobody promised you a cushy life. You don't understand what I'm saying? Nobody promised you that the economy was always going to be great. Nobody promised you that there wouldn't be earthquakes, and there wouldn't be tornadoes, and there wouldn't be droughts. This is life we live in, a fallen world. Don't get freaked out by wars. Madmen rule. And they want more because of their greed and their lust. Don't get freaked out. This is what Jesus is wanting us to understand. Don't get freaked out. Why? Because the end's not going to come right away. The end's not going to come right away. We say, well, okay, George, you know I'm not supposed to be deceived and I'm not supposed to get freaked out. What am I supposed to do in the meantime? What am I supposed to do in the meantime, George? Rest in Him. Don't focus on now, but rest in the hope that you have in Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? Rest in the hope that you have in Jesus. That no matter how things turn out here now, I've got Jesus, and I've got a hope beyond this world. Rest in him. Did you understand what I'm saying? So, okay, say, George, how, how do we wrap this up? Well, I guess I'm going to ask you two questions. One has to do with your perception of now, and the other has to do with your perception of the future. Okay, so let's talk about now. Are you comfortable with this world? Are you comfortable? Have you grown comfortable? Are you at ease? And you can tell how you're at ease because you don't really think about going to be with Jesus. You don't really think about the hope you have in him. You don't really think beyond whatever your next project is. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't think beyond what you want to accomplish. You don't think beyond the family vacation. You don't think beyond the next promotion. You just think about now. Are you comfortable? Are you comfortable? Here's how you know that you're comfortable. Because when somebody upsets your world, you get angry. Like this was not supposed to happen. In fact, one of the people that you get angry at is God. You get angry at God. God, why do you let this happen to me? God, I thought you loved me. And what that communicates is, is God, I, you know, this is the concept that's communicated there. That love is expressed in keeping my world perfect the way I want it. But my friends, here's the thing. God's not in control of how your world stays perfect. You live in a fallen world that's corrupted, that's always going to do things that's wrong, and you're going to be affected by that. Do you know that? Do you know that? Stuff happens. You know, you know I'll, I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. Freaked us out. We're, you know, we're, we're, we get our credit card statement. We pay off our credit card at the end of the month all the time. And I thought, holy cow, that's a big balance. What in the world is that? And here there was a charge, and we never make a charge that big, for $3,200 from a men's clothing store in New York City. <laughs> yeah, I drove over there without Lori me knowing about it. Yeah, So I call up the credit card company. And, and, and normally they would say, oh, yeah, we'll take care of that. They're like, okay, we're going to check into that and we'll get back to you. What do you mean you're going to check into that? I didn't do that charge. Thankfully, they did take it off. But that freaks you out, doesn't it? Let me ask you a question. What does that do to your perfect world? Let you know that you're what? Not in control. It also lets you know this, that you maybe are getting too comfortable with this world. Are you comfortable? You see what I'm saying? That, that's really the question. Are you, are you comfortable? Here's the other one. Do you get freaked out? Are you freaked out about the future? The first one had to do with your perception now. The second question has to do with what your thoughts are about the future. Are you freaked out about the future? Are you freaked out about what could happen, or what possibly could happen, or or who the Antichrist is, and what is that going to mean, and all of this stuff? Are you freaked out by that? Some people are. You'd be surprised the number of Christians who are. And can I tell you why they are? Ignorance. They don't know God's word. They don't understand. And when they see things that. Make their present world uncomfortable. See, it's all, they're both tied together. They're two different questions, but they're tied together. When your present world is upset, you get freaked out about the future. You see what I'm saying? When you're comfortable with now, you get freaked out about the future. And what ends up happening is, is the reason why that happens is, is because we're ignorant about what God's Word says. And about what He says will take place. So are you freaked out about the future? What's that revealing in your life? So you say, okay, George, what do we do then? Well, here's your action point. Ask the Spirit to help you to keep perspective. Ask the Spirit to help you to keep perspective. You say, okay, well, what do you mean, perspective? Well, just what Jesus said. What did He say? Number one, don't be deceived! Which means you've got to get in the Word and you've got to know the Scripture and you've got to be informed so that when somebody comes along and says something bogus, you know it's a lie. And then number two, don't get freaked out by the stuff that's happening in the world. It's all just a foreshadowing. All just a foreshadowing. In fact, some of the other gospel writers, Jesus said that it's just the birth pangs. What do you mean by birth pangs, George? What do you mean by that? Well, You ladies here who've who've had children, husbands will never understand, will never understand. We don't want to understand, first of all. I think God did it that way so you could tell us that we don't understand. But you went through something that was called false labor or Braxton Hicks. Remember that? And what was the purpose of that? That was to what? Get you ready for what? The real thing, right? The real thing when it happened. Jesus says that what's happening in the world right now is the birth pangs, or the Braxton Hicks, of what's coming. See, if you understand that, you're not going to get freaked out. You're not going to be deceived. You're going to have perspective. And that's what we need to do, isn't it? We need to ask the Holy Spirit to what? Help us to keep perspective.
0: Thank you for being with us this morning, and we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org.